1: What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday here on the Locked On Network, and you know what that means. It is crossover Thursday. I'm Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, joined by Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns. The Browns will be visiting Hard Rock Stadium in South Florida this weekend to play the Miami Dolphins. But before we get there, today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You can pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. Mr. Jeff Lloyd, longtime friend. Haven't spoken in a while, though. How are things Absolutely. going for you, man?
0: it's this is you know and this is one of the cool things about you know the crossover episodes and you know there's guys we obviously talk to all the time you know within the division i think it's kind of funny obviously for your draft network folks that you and joe sit down to do two episodes a year right. um but we all kind of broke in this same time you know i guess what we'll figure what maybe seven and a half eight years ago um you know and all will just you know, some guys trying to just do something that we enjoyed you know i, I think for all of us i think it's turned into something that we're extremely proud of and it's become you know for me and i know for you obviously it's become you know pretty big part of you know how we you know support and take care of our families um so certainly had this one circled um and actually i get to uh come right back next week sit down uh and talk with joe Joe as the browns be playing the bills um so that'll be interesting um you know for the browns as a whole this season um i'd say it's been weird because the expectations offensively, I think we've not only met the expectations of what we thought Jacoby Brissett could do for this team, we've exceeded him. Defensively is where it's kind of been the issue, you know, and started week two, you know, with the absolute epic, you know, collapse against the New York Jets uh, and Joe Flacco with two minutes to go. And it kind of became a hangover. After that, for the next couple of weeks where they just couldn't get the right recipe on defense, there were times where, you know, Joe Woods was sending in two defensive calls and it was causing problems as far as the communication with the players on the field, trying to get what they thought was the right call, Let, ended up with a lot of you know, wide open guys and guys just not on the same page. As the weeks went on, they tried to simplify things, realized that wasn't working. Um, the defense had a strong showing, even though they lost to the Ravens, held Lamar to nine completions, Mark Andrews, no catches, uh, under four yards per carry. They were able to carry that into Monday night, uh, this pre- previous Monday night against Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, it's it's weird because Joe Burrow, as great as Joe Burrow is, it just seems like right now he's got that Cleveland Browns Achilles heel. It just doesn't seem to work for him against that franchise. And so that leads, you know, kind of what are, you know – basically the biggest storyline here and it's weird for the Browns because this season in within this season there's two seasons there's this 11 game run with Jacoby Brissett and then there's the final six game run and we'll see what this final six games means when this team goes and brings Deshaun Watson into the fold and obviously the Browns with everything they invested they feel this is going to be a difference making player for them not as far as the AFC North is concerned as far as the AFC is concerned, and possibly the NFL, as far as the way his team is viewed and the way this team is capable of performing. So, but before we can even get to all that, there is a three-game stretch here that's going to determine whether or not Deshaun Watson coming back means he's, you know, shaking off the rust, or he's coming back to leading this team to a possible playoff opportunity. You have a game in Miami the follow week against Buffalo. We're not sure exactly what's going on there with Josh Allen. If he needs two weeks off, that's fine. Take two weeks off. I get it. You know, need a little rest. 17 games is a lot. And then even Tampa. Yeah, they have Tampa after that at home, and who knows what to make of Tampa. Could they be worse by then? Could they be better by then? You know, a franchise that seems kind of stuck in the mud right now. But this is huge because, you know, 3-5, and it's a good spot to be in after they started 2-5. and Felt good, the momentum coming off that Monday night win. But now you're walking into a game here against Miami, and, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, you know, as much as I had my concerns, you know, how it was all going to work, it's obviously just absolutely blown up and you know nobody else nobody else in the NFL can do what they do nobody else has two receivers as fast as they do in the same group and can put them on the field so for this Browns they need a stretch of two and one minimum in order for when Deshaun Watson it comes back to think you've got a puncher's chance over the next few weeks here so it, it all starts on Sunday you're riding high you're riding high off your game being a win you had two weeks to focus prepare prep for this team so as much as there's been so many different storylines with this team and you know it's going to be the Brissett era than the deshaun watson era it's all going to come down to this three-week span and the browns you know you know they they need this game desperately need this game because baltimore's pretty much got a cruise control schedule from this point going further
1: I think it's interesting that you, you, you kind of talk about the season within the season uh, because I think that's what the, we're in the midst of for the Dolphins as well. Obviously, when you start 3-0 and and you beat the Patriots and the Ravens and the Bills, expectations kind of go to a certain place, right? And then Tua Tagovailoa gets hurt on Thursday night football, and he misses the next two complete games. So he misses over two and a half games. The Dolphins go 0-3 in that stretch. And now you go from on top of the world. You finally beat the Bills for the first time in eight games. You're 3-0. and well, now you're three and three, and the Dolphins coming out of that with the return of Tua on Sunday Night Football against the Steelers, kind of looked at what the schedule was upcoming, and you said, "Hey, this is a really interesting opportunity to find out will the real Miami Dolphins please stand up?" And we've seen the offensive performance since Tua has come back; they're averaging 27 points per game. Uh, you contrast that against they didn't score more than 17 points in the three games that Tua missed time in, so. His return has really energized the team. It's created a lot more explosive plays. The yardage is up. They've had one turnover in the last three games offensively. So you feel really good about that, but you're looking kind of down the road. And I thought it was interesting that coach Mike McDaniel in the locker room after the bills game said, Hey guys, we got one more game. So get your minds right to put in to, for an opportunity to put an exclamation point on our 10 win season going into the bye." He, so he referenced, a tale of two seasons and for all of the adversity that Miami was hit with, with injuries early on in the season at quarterback on the defensive side of the ball, they're down probably five defensive backs for the year at this point uh, for them to have come through that and won some of these closely contested games and had both sides of the balls, whether it's the, uh, the defense against Pittsburgh or the offense, the last two weeks against Detroit and Chicago in road games uh, kind of step up and, and help you win a game they are viewing this as kind of the last step on the hurdle before the Dolphins own stretch run. And when they have the Houston Texans starting that before a three game road trip, that includes San Francisco, the LA chargers and the Buffalo bills. After that Texans game, you kind of look at these games and you say, Hey, all the ground that we can establish now is going to be really critical down the stretch because of the intensity of what the end of season schedule is going to look like for the Dolphins, especially that three game block in weeks 13 through week 15. So I love that you went there as far as the season within the season. And obviously Cleveland Browns fans are are looking to see what that record is going to look like after 11 games. Well, the Dolphins fans very interested knowing that they, they got some rough travel left on the schedule here. When the calendar flips to December, What do you do in these next two games against Cleveland and Houston, and how well can you set yourself up to have margin for error to get over the hurdle that you haven't gotten over the last couple of years, uh, which is finishing with winning records but still managing to find a way to miss the playoffs? Before we go any further, whether you're looking to pop the question – Or you want to make your moment sparkle, Blue Nile can help you make your celebrations even more memorable. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced specifically below traditional retailers. Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring with easy online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. So whether you're looking for a fine piece of jewelry to commemorate a special milestone, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24 7, available via phone or chat to help you find the memorable gift you need at any given budget. Make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to bluenile.com and use code locked on to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. That's Blue B L U E N I L E.com, code locked on to save $50 or more on your purchase of $500 or more. Bluenile.com, code locked on.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL draft. Check out mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.
1: So Jeff, we've talked about the perspective from each one of these teams, which means it's now time here on the crossover Thursday edition of, of locked on dolphins and locked on Browns to talk about how these teams match up against one another. So my question for you is when you look at the Dolphins, you've mentioned Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and the speed at wide receiver, but in the entirety of the roster, what stands out to you as a critical matchup that the Browns are going to have to find the answers for? Because I know I got my punch list for the Dolphins side of things.
0: I'm going to go with just a tiny one before obviously we get to the big one. It's going to be how they handle the the, the edge rushers this week. Look, you don't face a left-handed quarterback often in the NFL. I mean, you're talking years can go by in between when you see one. Um, the guys play everywhere. So, you know, do you take Miles Garrett? Do you put him on the left tackle? Or do you just say, go all day? Because he's just got that motor. And some of the other edge rushers, a little more disciplined and understanding, because they lose more battles than they win, unlike Miles Garrett, to get their hands up and disrupt pa- passing lanes. And we've been able to see that, you know, certainly, you know, Jaden Clown has made a living doing that. And the rookies and Alex Wright and... Of course, Isaiah Thomas have been pretty pretty solid with that to this point, finding ways to contribute that way. For me, with Denzel Ward almost a certainty to return this week, um, and normally you know, the Browns' corners I, you don't love them in a lot of matchups because you know they're they're thinner guys, they're speed guys. Well, this is a week where that probably helps them a little bit. Obviously, you know with you know uh, Tyreek and of course Jalen Waddle, you know not being the largest guys in stature. For me, it's going to be the use of Martin Emerson. Now, Martin Emerson had been a starter for a few weeks while Denzel Ward is out, uh, was out, and he has played fantastic to this point. Um, he's got a motor. He's got a chippiness to him. He's got physicality to him. Very, very willing tackler. So my thought process is do you take him and maybe play him, you know, on either waddle or hill and just say, look, beat the daylights out of him for five yards. And, you know, then we'll go ahead and, you know, go ahead, release him to, you know, whatever's behind you, you know, whether you're going to a cover two look or a cover four look or however you're going to do this, because you're going to have to play your safeties deep against the Miami Dolphins. There's just no way around it. And then he's going to be free to maybe work, you know, work on Mike Giacie backs out of the backfield. Um, but he's an integral piece. Um, you know, when the Browns, the Chargers, uh, the Chargers had that crazy fourth down where they went for it, didn't get it, give the Browns an opportunity. Chargers, Justin Herbert, Mike Williams said, All right, we'll go with the rookie. Well, the rookie almost made them look like morons for even attempting calling the play, not punting it. And, you know, he made the play and he's done this week in, week out. They called him for a pass interference on Monday night football against the Bengals. It was a straight up hold. You know, I just, you know, I mean, had the guy held him a little too long. They called PI. It definitely was a hold. But this guy has been integral. And, you know, they understand, even with the fact they signed Denzel Ward to an extensive, uh, lucrative contract extension. That, you know, there's missed time. There's just going to be missed time with a player like Denzel Ward. It's just something you have to deal with. And, you know, some were surprised when Martin Emerson was their first overall draft selection uh last spring. And, you know, there were you know, a lot of corners slated in that area, but they got something they didn't have: size, length. And from the day he's walked in here, he's just he's been a competitor. He goes at it. You know, when the Eagles were in town for joint practices, Kyle, as you know, I mean, we, you know, w- over the years, you, you end up making connections and, you know, you have connections within organizations. I had somebody with the Eagles there that day text me right away. He's like, man, I don't understand how you guys got this guy where he did. You know, he's, got, he's a steal. He's ready to go. So this is going to be key because, you know, the Browns have three good corners. But, you know, what Waddle and Hill can do, and this is where it's crazy because if you can even keep them underneath, then you're tasked with trying to tackle these guys. And it's just not that easy. They're small. They're quick. They explode in and out of their breaks. Their cutting ability for both these guys in the open field is special. So the Browns, it's going to have to be physical. You are going to have to get physical with these two guys. And, you know, they don't usually end up, you know, gasping for air. They're not the type of players. But the more you beat on them, the the more it's going to hopefully, you know, at least try to slow them down as the game goes on because athletically and speed-wise – this is a really difficult match for the Browns, and certainly their safeties, if they're going to have to bail out cornerbacks, tweak against this Miami duo.
1: So, I, I had one question as far as when Miami has the ball. Uh, before mm-hmm. I I switch gears, and I want to grill you about when Cleveland has the ball. But what is the middle of the field like for the Browns in coverage? Because that has been the area for Miami that they have just found so much room on the hashes, crossing routes across the middle. Uh, kind of putting those second level defenders in a bind, but they're also going to run a vertical route to kind of lift your safeties out and try and manufacture some space. So when, when you look at Deion Jones, who was an acquisition via trade and Sion Takitaki and John Johnson, and these middle of the field defenders for the Browns and pass coverage, what's the confidence level in their ability to space the field. Now you can only mitigate your losses against the speed of Miami. You're going to have to take calculated risks, but if you think about that dynamic of what the Browns do defensively, what's your appetite for having success in this game?
0: I, I certainly have my nerves. Um, look, John Johnson the third and Grantell, but these guys—this is both where they're better than maybe necessarily being on the roof, and obviously that's been shown to this point this year. Deion Jones, when they got into Monday night, I think Deion Jones ended up being a starter that they weren't necessarily ready to say was a starter. Uh, you know, you lose your starting middle linebacker, and Anthony Walker. You lose your second-string middle linebacker in Jacob Phillips. Granted, Jacob Phillips was struggling. Um, and I just don't think Deion Jones had everything they needed yet. Maybe was not versed well enough in the nickel-and-the-dime packages to be a success. And I think they looked at it Monday night and said, well, you know what? Taki's been here forever. He knows everything. And the Browns left him on the field. And he, he had a monster, monster night. He's physical. He's smart. Um, the athleticism certainly scares you in this but I think it's going to be a if it ain't broke don't fix it. Sione Takitaki put up together a real real nice showing uh, in the Monday night affair against the Bengals. I think the Browns are going to stick with that, and I think they like the fact that even if they do that with him, there's blitzing ability there. And Kyle, as you remember, you know Sione Takitaki when he came out of BYU, there was some pass rushing background in his days yeah. in Provo, where he was a pass rusher. So they kind of get a guy on the field who can kind of do everything. And you know maybe you know it's it, in there. You know, haste. you, Maybe they overlooked this aspect of, you know, they could have done this with him as he went to a second middle linebacker, a third middle linebacker. But I think over the middle, you know, in that realm, you're going to see a lot of Grant Elpit. And I think you're going to see a pretty good amount of Sioni Taki Taki, unless it, you know, shows that maybe it's just not, not enough athleticism. And maybe you got to make the switch to Deion Jones, who can run a little faster.
1: So you're going to ride within the rest of the year. This Browns team, with their ability to run the ball, they have 1,300 rushing yards. What is it about this group that makes them so challenging to stop while still acknowledging that you do have a backup quarterback that's playing?
0: I think the thing is, and you know, to coach Kevin Stefanski's credit, he stated this, you know, he felt he was gonna and look, there's going to be different things you run for Deshaun Watson, then you run for Jacoby Brissett, but they made the addition of Amari Cooper. Um, they paid David Njoku. They weren't just going to say, "Well, for eleven games, we're just going to be a straight-up running team." You know, so that's you know, been the thing. They've been able to have pretty good balance, um, and Jacoby's success certainly has been a big part of it. Uh, two weeks in a row with uh, you know fifty-yard pass completions to Amari Cooper that certainly opens things up. But you know, you go to it, and you, you know, Bill Callahan's been here for years now with this Browns offensive line. And you even look at a player like Ethan Posick, who came in this year was supposed to be the backup center. Uh, you know, two snaps into preseason, all of a sudden now Ethan Posick is your starting center. That interior has played well. Um, when you talk about you know having two guards, these guys are legitimate All Pro contenders season after season. That's how good they are uh, with their pulling, their pinning. I mean, these guys are physical; they sustain blocks. Just really, really good at it. I mean, Nick Chubb, as talented as he is, um, you know, and I, I don't want to like discredit it at all, but a lot of running backs would be putting up the numbers Nick Chubb is putting up in this system. It's definitely a running back friendly system. These guys are committed to it, um, but it's also been helpful that they've been able to move the ball like they have because they have been you know consistent in the passing game. Ja, uh, Jacoby Brissett's completion percentage is high um, as the weeks have gone on. He's he, he's really really been able to drive the ball further down the field. Donovan Peoples Jones, four and a half receptions, seventy yards a game over his last five. I've kind of found a way to get everybody involved here. And, you know, the best recipe for offensive success is always diversity and balance. And the Browns have been able to do that Nick's going to come in here fresh. He's pretty much been fresh the entire season. Um, They're never going to give him the 30 carries that Browns fans would hope. he would. never going to get the Derrick Henry workload, so to speak, in a game maybe where the Browns need it. The Browns want him fresh in the fourth quarter. They don't want him being a spectator in the fourth quarter like we saw Derrick Henry last Sunday night. So the Browns are really, really smart, balanced, diligent. It's it's been fun to watch here. Um, And I think Jacoby Brissett, again, has exceeded expectations of what he could do for this team.
1: And what is the status of David Njoku, who's obviously a super talented player, and he got an extension from a contract perspective. I know he's missed a little bit of time with an ankle injury, but uh, I I look at him, and the tight end position has been a group for Miami as they've started to lose secondary players. Their ability to play matchups has become a little bit mitigated. So uh, I, I look at David Njoku's presence for Cleveland and I have my questions on are you going to stick Eric Rowe on him and have him shadow him and play man-to-man coverage, which he had success with in 2019 and 2020, but not so much recently. Uh, so so that could be a potential pain point for the Dolphins when Cleveland has the ball. What, what's the status for David Njoku as you understand it at this point in the week?
0: Uh, from today, you know David Njoku, you know off to the side doing some bike, you know, spending time with the extra coaches. Obviously, <laughs> um, David Njoku says he's going, um, and there's been footage, you know, and just to see, you know, there's one thing to walk and walk without a limp as opposed to trying to run. Um, David Njoku, obviously, this game, you know, holds some meaning for him. You know, you don't go back to Miami every every year when you're in the AFC North, and you know David obviously had some di- you know his time down there uh, as a Hurricane. Uh, I I really, really think there's going to be some way he tries to contribute because – he understands that this is a step up from the Cincinnati Bengals uh, this game. You know, the Browns were able to, you know, offset that in their last game without David Njoku. Um, but then it's it's getting tougher for Jacoby Brissett when you don't have David out there. Because David, it was kind of his guy. You know, Amari Cooper, the relationship ran hot and cold as far as, you know, amount of success they had. But week in, week out, David Njoku was a guy who was always highly involved. And, you know, as you talked about, you know, yesterday, I mean, just earlier, you know, you get to that five to ten yard range in between the hash marks, and for quarterback, that's a spot you can always see. You know, even if you're moving right, you're moving left. You, you can always have your eye on that area. And David Njoku was magical earlier in the year to this point, and made everybody basically kind of eat their words as far as the production he was able to put up. So you know, it, it'll be paramount. You know, it, you know, we won't know minimum till Friday. My guess will be game time decision. And the thing that's tough here is the Browns are normally cautious in this situation. The Browns are more of a hey, if you're seventy-five this week. That means you're 90 next week. Let's try and get through it. But I don't know if the Browns are in a position where they can afford to uh, to lose this game if David Njoku isn't a part of it.
1: Just about time for some uh, matchups and predictions here, Jeff.
0: No question. We're going to continue here on Locked on Thursday. Locked, I'm sorry, crossover Thursday. Locked on Dolphins with Kyle Krabs. Jeff Lloyd from Locked on Dolphins. Browns, we're going to get back here, see it, get some final thoughts here, matchups, uh, predictions for Sunday. Browns, Dolphins, Browns, and a big, big one. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.
2: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast,
0: part of the Locked
2: On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Again, over 30 Locked On Dolphins, Locked On Browns. we got into some thoughts here, you know, um, some big storylines between the teams. You know, we talked a little bit here, you know, matchups. Kyle, I just want to get to this here. Now, obviously, there's been a little movement in the running back room with Miami recently. Mm-hmm. Um, is this something where, like, because I like what the Dolphins did here by the deadline? Like, what do you normally like? Y- you start thinking with like a closer mentality. You can never have enough defensive linemen, so you want to know what? Let's go get another pass rusher. We're not totally sold on our running game. You go and make the move they did. Uh, To bring in Jeff Wilson here, is this something, you know, they don't necessarily, you have to run the ball. They don't necessarily have to run the ball, but you got to show something different. And plus you have to have the closer mentality, you know, when you get to, you know, eight minutes in the fourth quarter, six minutes in the fourth quarter. And, you know, you don't, you know, don't necessarily, you don't want to be throwing the ball over. You want to kill some clock, want to run some clock. Is this something that can be done to improve this team?
1: Yeah, I, I certainly think so. And with the injuries that we acknowledged on in the defensive back room, for Miami, uh, having another pass rusher who can win organically and you can play with that extra body or two and not have to blitz so much. Now, ironically, they, they blitzed the Bears last week at the highest rate in which they have blitzed all season long. And huh. I think some of that had to do with the, the Bears doing some half field reads and rollouts and leaving extra eligibles in and protection and the Dolphins saying, okay, well we're going to add those guys onto the pressure uh, if you're going to stay in and block. So I think that that probably facilitated that number. But you saw a lot of Melvin Ingram, Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins, and Bradley Chubb in four-man fronts in obvious Mm -hmm. passing situations. And that group, you're obviously very excited about the the physical potential of it with four former first-round selections across that group uh, with varying degrees of experience. So uh, they, they, they certainly started to show some signs of some adjustments with their rush group and then Uh, offensively rushing the ball. Jeff Wilson actually came in a week one uh, of his time with the Dolphins and took more snaps than Raheem Mostert did. And Mostert had been steadily climbing and commanding more and more of the reps. So I I certainly think the Dolphins, they've played from a lead in the last couple of games uh, between the Chicago game and the Pittsburgh game and possessing the football in those critical late game moments, like you said, has been something that's been a bit of a work in progress, but the physicality of Jeff Wilson, I certainly think brings a different dynamic to their ability to try to do that as compared to Mostert, who is just so explosive getting to the outside, but you don't really see him breaking a lot of tackles and running through congested areas with a lot of consistency.
0: I see. I can see that. Um, and now you said, of course, with the addition to Chubb, I mean, so what do you, you go five, six deep now at pass rusher and it's, it's kind of funny you brought up, you know, NASCAR, if we're still using the term, because the Browns have tried and been go that route too, because they're just not getting anything out of their defensive tackle play. Look, I mean, you know, although all the six foot four, six foot five, two hundred seventy pound guys with long arms, as many as you can get, yeah, go ahead and string them together. Get them.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's these new rush package groups where they they're, they're going for speed and fun, seeing who's lining up inside. Whether it is a Jadavion Clowney or for for Miami's sake, it's been Jalen Phillips that's often in that that three point and you either let him fire a gap or loop through and play a stun inside and that explosiveness can really pop so it'll be be fun to see how these two offensive lines sort out those opportunities with all these rushers inside
0: well, I guess we kind of have to as we start, you know, getting down to predictions, um, you know, as the time that we, you know, uh, we, you know, sit down to film these episodes, you know, there's still certainly, you know, questions to be, you know, asked uh, for the Browns, Jeremiah, Uso Koromoa, uh, pretty much in the same boat as David Njoku. So we don't really know on either of those players. Um, you know, obviously for me, David Njoku is certainly the more important one. over J O K. JOK um, as much as the Browns, you know, have had issues at the linebacker in, in that area of the field, they still have three safeties. They can play. They can still lean on Sione Takitaki. They can still lean on a player like Deion Jones. Um, But for me, I I don't, you know, the Browns need to go two and one over these next three games because the goal would obviously want to be to get five and six. Do you, when you're trying to go through something like that, obviously you want to start the ball going downhill, the snowball with a win here again, a lot easier said than done I think the game goes one of two ways I think the Browns win or the Browns lose by two touchdowns I I don't think there's any in between I think either the Browns show up they tackle well they cover well or they have no answer for Hill and Waddle and the Browns are back to the secondary issues they had earlier in the season my heart my head and my wallet certainly need for the Browns to make this all come to fruition (laughs) um you know and I, I think with the extra week going into this, you know, and the fact that, look, you should not come in here and get run out of the stadium. You did not You had a bye week. You know, you're starting to trend back towards the correct side of being healthy. This is a game, and, you know, this is a game you absolutely have to have. And I think they're to the point now where they can put all facets together. Um, okay, you know, Yorkie. I just don't like what they've done with him. You know, I understand what happened with the Bengals last year and Evan McPherson. That is not your plan, is that your rookie kicker carries you to the Super Bowl. That should never be anyone's plan, is a poor, poor plan. And that's kind of what they tried to do here a little bit with Cade York. But I think they're going to go in there, and I think they're going to play complete. And the thing, one of the biggest reasons why is is I think Nick Chubb, I do. And I think Jacoby Brissett, it's it's a tough spot to be in for Jacoby Brissett because – you know, normally you get handed the ball and you usually get to take it away when you're not playing well. Either way, Jacoby Brissett's done. It's over. And I think Jacoby Brissett is going to leave everything out there and do everything he can for this franchise. So I think it'll be a close one, but I, I really think the Browns see the writing on the wall and know how important this game is and can come out with a W on Sunday.
1: I think you have the right perspective, Jeff. The, the Browns <laughs> need this game. The Dolphins would like to have this game, right? I think there, sure. I think there is a difference, and I, I think you make a great point with the bye week, too. You know, Teron Armstead's been playing through uh, some lower body injuries all season long. Uh, he missed one game. Xavier Howard's been playing with multiple lower body injuries all season long. He looks a step slower. We're at our 10th game now before the bye. I think there's some layers to this that the Browns are going to have in their advantage. Now, I do think the uniqueness of what Miami does from an RPO standpoint and the speed of Waddle and Hill presents unique challenges. Um, but I think this is going to be a really, really well-contested game. It's one of, uh, one of those ones where I think there's going to be two or three bounces of the ball that's really going to determine the outcome. And I think about special teams. You know, The Dolphins have been a team that has struggled to find positive impact on special teams all season long up until they – uh, they, they had a tipped field goal against the Bills in week three, and then they had a block punt that was returned for a touchdown last week, and that's about the extent of positive contributions in special teams. So I would not be surprised if a singular turnover or a special team's play is at the end of the day uh, what ends up getting this ball to bounce one way or another. But I, I do locked on Dolphins. I got to pick the Dolphins to win the game, right? So I'm going to say like 26-24, though. Like, I think this this is really going to be a close game. Dolphins fans have been hoping and praying, hey, can we get a game that's not so stressful? I don't think it's going to be this week against the Browns because, Jeff, as you said, they got everything to gain and uh, they have everything to lose as well, the Cleveland Browns do, coming into this game uh, as they try and survive this 11-game stretch.
0: It's actually funny you said that because um, uh, we we do a post-game show. I I, I go and join the, uh, the guys from the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We go live at a two-minute warning. And the only week it was not where we we were sitting there just glued was last week against the Bengals. Um, The Browns definitely play cardiac football. There's no question about it. And, you know, this is one of those ones, you know, buckle up, kids, you know, because for the Browns, you're going to be there, you know, basically whistle to whistle uh, because, you know, this game will go the full 60 minutes as far as having to have your eyes and ears on it.
1: Oh, it'll be a great game for sure. We hope everybody enjoys it. We hope everybody enjoyed this edition of the Crossover Thursday if you did, make sure you hit subscribe to Locked On Browns, Locked On Dolphins. Stay up to date on both teams and check out all the other great channels and shows that we have here on the Locked On Network for all of your favorite teams because it's your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it here on the Locked On Network. So, with Jeff Lloyd, Kyle Krabs, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the game on Sunday and make sure to check out Locked On Browns and Locked On Dolphins in the post game aftermath to find out exactly what went down.